Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to McNamara on Money, educating the investors of the South Shore on 95.9 FM WATD and also the Merrimack Valley on 980 AM WCAP. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Thanks for tuning in this morning. I'm joined this morning by Peter D. Stoner, who is a Medicare consultant and really knows his stuff. Over 25 years of experience now in this industry, and we've had Peter on the show several times. So thank you again for being here. Um, we, uh, um, if you're listening on the South Shore, you can give us a call with questions. We have Tim in studio taking questions and the studio number is 781-837-4900. And if you're listening to us in the Merrimack Valley, please email us questions, questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. Um, all right, so we've talked, we had a lot of calls last segment, which was awesome. We kind of, you know, sort of jumped around and talked about yep. uh, some different things, which is great. We welcome callers. Um, but we kind of wanted to touch on now just the process of enrolling for Medicare. Do you think that's the most logical thing to, to jump to next? Um, all right, so you talked about, you know, being automatically enrolled in Part A. Oh, hold on. Wait, wait, stop. Slow down. We got a call. Let's go to Tom from Kingston. Good morning, Tom. The Tom. This is the Tom. The Tom. I haven't heard from the Tom in a long time, and I'm trying not to take it personally. But I know that I know that you call in when my dad well, does the show. I was show, just talking yeah, to yeah. Tim, and I yeah. said to Tim, I said, I never know if it's live or if it's a memory. I know. So I we're working. Yeah, we're working. And every time I have yeah. a question. I call up and I say, sorry, it's being recorded. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. We're, yeah, we're working through some kinks right now because we have the airtime in another show. So, we're, yeah, I, I apologize for that. We haven't recently been live as much, but we're working on that, Tom. We're working through the kinks. So I said, Give Tim, us- is this live or is this Memorex? And so, <laughs> you know, he says, no, it's for real. We, okay, I need a break on some Saturdays just like everybody else. So, yes. Yes. But I appreciate it. What's going on? Good morning. I want to find yeah. out. Hi, Peter. I have a question for you for Medicare. Okay. Um, when they have the deductible and the out-of-pocket and co-pays, does Medicare have a maximum amount on the co-pays or out-of-pockets like so, you would have on a Medicare Advantage plan? So Medicare itself does not have a maximum out-of-pocket. Which is why most people pick up a supplemental plan? Or an yeah. Advantage plan. Or an Advantage plan, okay. So Medicare Advantage plans by regulation are required to have a, okay. what's called a maximum out-of-pocket. And what that means is that the, all Medicare Advantage plans have co-pays. 
And if your co-pays during the course of the year equaled, in some cases, it's $3,900. In other cases, the maximum out-of-pocket is $6,800. But once your co-pays uh, reach that amount, then you no longer have to pay additional co-pays. Okay. Now, on a Medicare supplement plan, they don't have copays for the most part in Massachusetts. Okay, I thought you mentioned that when you were talking to Susan earlier. Medicare supplement, if you have a supplemental plan, yeah. there's no copays on, or is on there- some of them. So in Massachusetts, and this is a good point because in uh, Massachusetts is one of three exception states in the country. So most states will have a Medicare supplement plan that's designated by a letter of the alphabet. So okay. sometimes people will call me and say, you know, I'm interested in Plan F. And yes, I'll say, terrific, but we right. we don't have Plan F in Massachusetts. Okay. We have either uh, what's known as the SUP-1, which is essentially equivalent to Plan F, or we have what's known as the core plan, which is more of a stripped-down version that doesn't cover the Medicare deductibles. So we've already talked about one Medicare deductible, the largest one. That's the hospital deductible of $1,364. So the core plan wouldn't cover that. So mm-hmm. I tend to focus on the SUP1 plan because well more than 95% of my clients who take a supplement plan take the SUP1 plan. And on that plan, there are no co-payments this year. Now I say this year mm-hmm. because next year the federal government has changed that. Oh. So what they're, what they're saying essentially is that For those of you who are going to take uh, Plan F in most states or the SUP1 plan in Massachusetts, you've got to have some quote-unquote skin in the game. You've got to have some sort of a co-payment. And in this case, they're going to be charging people the the doctor uh, deductible, the Plan B deductible, next year. Now, if you're already on a supplement plan... That won't apply to you, but if you're joining one for the first time okay. after or including January 1st, 2020, you will incur the doctor deductible, which this year is $185, not a big deal, and that is an annual deductible. Okay. Okay. And is that adjusted based on people's income? That's not. So that doesn't have a correlation to income. That's strictly a flat deductible. As I say, it was 80, 185 this year. I'm not sure what it's going to next year. If I had to guess, you I'd say... You say deductible, the one that starts in January? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's for a well visit or a sick visit, or it doesn't matter. You're just... If you go well, to the doctor... Sometimes it's total out of pocket. It's total out of pocket. Most of the okay. time, well visits are excluded. But in this case, they would charge you, I'm sure, the Medicare Part B deductible for the SUP1 plan starting in January. Okay. So you're saying that this year was 185 also, so it's not going up? No, I'm saying it may be as high as, say, 190 next year. Typically, it inches up gradually. Sure. So that's a ballpark. That's a guess. I won't know okay. until um, October 1st. Right. And that's the total out-of-pocket, including co-pays and deductibles? Or the, that's or is that, that, no, that's, okay. that's the Part B deductible which you'll be charged for the first time for a SUP1 plan okay. in Massachusetts. Up until this point, there have been no copays and no deductibles Got it. associated with the SUP1 plan. Okay. Got that, Tom? Hey, no, I don't. Sorry. You said step one equals what? What is step one? SUP1. Sup oh, He's talking about a supplemental plan, It's right? SUP. Oh, SUP1. SUP1. That's the... A supplemental one. Right. Okay. That's a, I thought you were saying step one. Okay, okay, good. Now I got it. All right. Good. Thank you. So there is no total out-of-pocket, but if you're on a Medicare Advantage plan, there is. There is, yes. And you mentioned those amounts. It's amazing because mine is like half of that, and I'm very happy to hear. Great. Yeah. I was very excited about that. Good. <laughs> Tom, well, thank do you... Thank you. It's Tom, very informative. Yes. Tom, do you... Just a quick question. Do you revisit your coverage annually? Well, you know, it's funny, halfway through this year, because I deal with a disability, I deal with MS, multiple sclerosis, uh, I found out that there was another plan being offered, and I couldn't get on it until open enrollment. But the sad thing is my wife had a birthday this past year, and now she had to go on to it, but it started all over again, the deductible. 
Uh, Once you sign up, all of a yeah. sudden now you just couldn't carry it out to the following right. it gets, open enrollment. Right, it gets reset. Yeah, so I kicked myself in the pants for that. But there was an opportunity to get into a better plan, and I wasn't aware of it. I was told this is the best plan that was being offered. So I believe the person, and I pay the price. So this year I'm going to definitely do my homework. And the paperwork just started coming in yesterday. Excellent. So that actually brings up a good question, though, Peter. So are, are pre-existing con- conditions in Massachusetts, did they exclude you from certain plans? Or so uh, pre-existing conditions do not do not apply to Massachusetts. Okay. Great. So we're, we're very fortunate in that regard. Wow. Right. And changing over plans, they accept you the way you are. They do. And it doesn't in a pre-existing condition, does it affect the premium that you'll pay? Does not. No. Wow. So the plans are not um, uh, underwritten in Massachusetts. Wow. It's community rated, so everybody's in the same pool. Okay. That's why I tell a lot of people who uh, are moving out of Massachusetts that if they're on a supplement plan, they can take that with them to another state. So uh, I advise them, don't make any changes on your supplement plan until you get to that state and then see what that other state would charge you. And if it would charge you more, as is usually the case, then stay on your supplement plan from Massachusetts. And you can do that indefinitely? You can do that indefinitely. Wow. You mentioned something a little bit earlier, which I think is very important that a lot of people who are on medications should be very, 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 I said three times, careful, make sure your drug is going to be covered. Yes. Even though, you know, you see the list and it's like as thick as an encyclopedia. Right. But make sure, because so many times people say, well, I was getting this, but now I can't get it. Now they have to go back to their doctor and find a substitute. So, Tom, I think for our younger audience, we need to define what is an encyclopedia. (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) Fortunately, with the demographic that thinking, we're dealing with today, they know. It, it must be on a website somewhere where you can just oh, yeah. search. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you can Google it and they'll show you images. Right. Yeah, I'm sure right. Peter has access to that software I do. or that website. Yeah. Believe me. That's funny. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Tom. Have, have a good one. Day. You too. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, Peter, what about someone who um, has dual residency, or not dual residency, but like has a home in uh, Massachusetts and a home in Florida? They would choose, can they choose to enroll in either state? So typically they need to uh, have legal residence somewhere. Okay, yeah. What happens more often than not is that people have legal residence in Massachusetts and then they're moving to Florida. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're going to switch that legal residence. Right. Because now all of a sudden they're going to spend six months and a day in Florida. Yeah. Usually because of various tax advantages. Tax reasons to do that, but sure. On a Medicare supplement plan, they can take it with them. It's yeah. portable. On a Medicare Advantage plan, they cannot. So a Medicare Advantage plan is overseen by the federal government. Okay. A Medicare supplement plan is overseen by the state government. So they're uh, subjected to different regulations. Okay. So if I have a Medicare Advantage plan, I'm moving to Florida, I've got to change it once I have legal residence in Florida. Okay. Supplement plan, I don't. But interesting, if I've got a supplement plan, I've got a separate Part D plan to cover my prescriptions because no supplement plan covers prescriptions. When I move to Florida, I've got to change the the Part D plan. Oh, okay. I do not have to change my supplement plan. You can keep your supplement, but you have to change Part D. Okay, that brings us into... we, you want to talk about the different health insurance options. You know, I, I think you have a, uh, Peter and I are going through a, um, like a slideshow here that you actually have up on the screen when you do your speaking engagements. Right. And so actually I'll just take a quick moment, moment to announce that we do have a speaking engagement coming up on Wednesday, October 16th um, from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Caskin Flagon here in Marshfield. Peter is going to be our speaker that evening talking about all this stuff and staying for um, Q&A at the end. So uh, if anyone wants to um, attend that, please register via our website, McNamaraFinancial.com, or you can call our office, 781-834-2010, and register. We do, because of the size of the room, we do have a cap at 40 people. So if you're interested, please um, register for that in advance. No cost, but we do um, take um, donations to the Marshfield Food Pantry should you be inclined to make a donation that evening. So that's October 16th. Peter Stoner, Peter D. Stoner will be there. 
Um, he's got a great presentation that he goes through, and then he does Q and A at the end. So, and what time is that, Alyssa? I have that at six p.m. Okay. I want to say. Um, Maybe like registrations at six, and we're going to have you go on at like six thirty. I think that's what we did last time. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So we wanted to again. We've been jumping around a lot, which is great. We've had some great callers. We can. We're we're still happy to entertain callers. We're here till uh, for another about forty minutes. Seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred is the number. But we wanted to talk about the different options, and this is this is one of those things that I think is really helpful to to see right. because you know a lot of people are visual learners. It's tough on radio. It's really tough on radio. Right. Um, but this is a this is a good visual where you can see. Okay, I need I need health coverage when I'm a retiree. What are my options? Or when I'm 65 plus, what are my options? So, go ahead, take it away. So I'll when you're you. about to turn 65, you have four options when it comes to health insurance. Your first option is you can stay on your employer group plan, and that's what most people do. Most people call up and say, you know, I'm going to be turning 65. What do I need to do? My first question to them is, so how many employees does the company you work for have? Okay, assuming they're still working. In, ex, assuming they're still working. Yep. And if there's more than, if there's 20 or more employees, then your first option is usually you stay on that health plan. Okay. Now we had a question, I, I'm forgetting who it was from at this point, but she was looking at the value of her employer group plan mm -hmm. relative to Medicare. So you can go on Medicare after you, when you turn 65 and thereafter if you work for a large company, but they don't um, subsidize your premium for your employer group coverage as much as you would like. So if it's expensive, you can look at what your Medicare uh, alternative would cost. Okay. But again, most people stay on their employer group coverage. They work for a large company. The company subsidizes that premium, uh, an attractive amount. So they just stay there. Okay. Option two, some people just go on Medicare. You know, they take part A of Medicare and they take part B of Medicare. Now, when they do that, they have health insurance. Now, we talked about Part A and how you have that deductible of $1,364. We started, frankly, started to talk about Part B, and then somebody called in, and we <laughs> never problem. get back to Good it. Good problem to have. But yeah. uh, the fact is, Part B has that deductible that we talked about, $185. That's once per year. But the big nut under Part B is you're responsible for 20% of the doctor charges. So sometimes people okay. will say to me, you know, 20% is not a big number. And I remind them that 20% of a big number is still a big number. Yeah. So when I was 50 years old, I had a ruptured appendix. I remember it. And the surgeon charge under my ruptured appendix was $25,000. So if I were responsible, I wasn't, but if I were responsible, for 20%, that's $5,000. Yeah. That's a that's a, what I refer to as a big nut in the sense that you're hit with that all at once. Yeah. So under Medicare Part B, that's your largest exposure. So um, sometimes though, people will just take Part A, Part B of Medicare. They incur that monthly premium for Part B, yeah. $135. And then a lot of times they'll pick up a Part D plan from a private carrier that will take care of the prescription piece and they're covered. Okay, now, so Frank, supplemental plans, not mandatory. Completely is, optional. It's not mandatory. Okay. Got it. So now, frankly, a lot of the people that I find that do that are low-income veterans. So they take the Part A, they take the Part B, they access services at the VA, yeah, and they typically pick up their premiums at the VA. Okay. Now, when I run across somebody like that, I usually advise them to take a Medicare Advantage plan that's got a zero premium. They have those. They do. Okay. Okay, and now why would I tell them that? I tell them that because if they're ever hospitalized on an emergency basis, remember what happens. What happens is that they get hit with that $1,364 deductible. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money usually for someone of, of limited means, so it's a difficult thing to uh, accommodate. Whereas if they have a zero premium Medicare Advantage plan, they do incur a copay, but that copay is much less than that $1,364. Okay. So I'm telling them essentially, have the Medicare Advantage plan in your wallet 
or your back pocket or your pocketbook, but don't use it except in emergencies. And you're, and you're using it in an emergency to protect your downside because if you're hospitalized because the ambulance has taken you, they don't take you to the nearest VA hospital. Right. They take you to the nearest hospital. Okay. Okay. But so what, that, that generally just applies to someone who's a veteran? Or would that apply I'm, to anyone it, who doesn't... It, it, it applies to anyone. Anyone who doesn't want to pick up a supplemental plan and pay a premium for it... Right. ...should at least have a zero premium Medicare Advantage Just in your back pocket plan. for protection. Okay. okay. But what... Why, I'm, I'm sorry. Why would they offer a zero premium Medicare Advantage plan? Well, we'll, we'll, I don't get, understand we'll get to that. that. Okay. All right. That's on another okay. slide. Is that a whole other show? Yeah. Okay. No, no. It's not another all slide, right. but it is another okay. slide. All right. So um, there's two more options. Option three is a Medicare Advantage plan. Medicare Advantage plans are also called the Medicare Part C. Problem is when you call something Medicare Part C, people automatically assume I get it from the federal government because that's where I get Medicare from. I definitely assumed that. Right. So, but those are all through private carriers. Okay. So we all know the private carriers in Massachusetts. You know, they're Harvard Pilgrim, they're Fallon, they're Tufts, they're Blue, Blue Cross, Cross Blue Shield. Yep. Uh, you're getting plans now that are coming in from out of state. I'm thinking of Aetna or Humana, okay. United, AARP. Okay. The list goes on. They typically offer a Medicare Advantage plan. You don't get a Medicare Advantage plan from the federal government. Those plans, I'm going to get uh, more involved in what they cover, uh, and in fact, in the, in the next piece of what we speak to. But your Medicare Advantage plans all have some form of a network. All right, so that you typically pick out a primary care physician, and that primary care physician typically refers you to specialists. Again, I'm going to get more yeah. involved in that. But that's like an HMO. HMO, PPO. Yeah, okay. it's a, HMO yep. is a health maintenance organization. Yeah. A PPO is a preferred provider organization. You know, people in the industry uses use these HMO this that and and assume that people know what they're talking about. Sometimes people don't. So I try to remember that and, okay. and use the um, anyhow. So the next option is option four, which is a Medicare supplement plan. Medicare Supplement Plan is also called a Medigap Plan. Yeah. And the reason it's called a Medigap Plan is that it fills in the gaps left by Medicare. So if Medicare covers it and you're on a, a SUP1 plan. SUP, yeah. SUP. In Massachusetts, that means that the uh, SUP1 plan will cover the balance. So between Medicare and your SUP1 carrier, it's covered 100%. Now, I mentioned earlier that's going to change next year in 2020, but that's the way it's been up until this point. But if Medicare doesn't cover it, then neither does the carrier. So, for example, Medicare doesn't cover plastic surgery. Yeah. So if you went and had plastic surgery, your Medicare supplement plan wouldn't cover the balance. Okay. Because Medicare didn't cover the first piece. Okay. That's why they say Medicare is primary. Medicare pays first, the carrier pays second. They're paying for the same services. They're but covering the, the balance. Supplemental plan is just paying f the remaining exactly. amount due on those same services. Exactly okay. right. Yep. And on Medicare supplement plans, none of them cover prescriptions. So you have to take a separate, what's called standalone Part D plan to cover your prescriptions. Okay. okay. Where is a Medicare Advantage plan ha does or does not have? A Medicare Advantage plan typically incorporates prescriptions in their coverage. Okay. Not always, but most Medicare Advantage plans cover prescriptions included within the plan. Okay, what's the most popular option? The most popular option is, so if you look at the, the demographics of Massachusetts, the majority of people historically have been on a supplement plan. Yeah. More and more in recent years, they've been joining Medicare Advantage plans. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get involved into why that is so. Okay. Um, and give you a basic idea of 
who chooses which kind of plan and for what reason. Okay. We're going to hold that thought because we're going to take a break. So I don't want you to get all start, started with it and get all excited and then have to take a break. So um, I'm talking with Peter D. Stoner, who's a Medicare consultant. Uh, if you have questions for us, you can call us uh, this morning, 781-837-4900, or you can email questions at McNamaraFinancial.com. You can find out more about Peter at StonerMedicare.com. We're actually just taking a quick break and we're going to get more into the um, the plan choices and the, and the actual coverage uh, in just a moment. We'll be right back. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial. We have offices in Marshfield and Chelmsford, Mass. We're talking about Medicare this morning, which is, you know, as confusing as it is, it's been exciting. I have to agree. It's been good, Peter. Thank you so much. Uh, my guest this morning, Peter D. Stoner of Stoner & Company. Uh, over 25 years of experience, and it obviously shows you clearly um, know what you're talking about, which is why we, we invite you to do speaking engagements for us. Uh, one coming up on October 16th, if anyone would like to... Um, I do think... As I was saying before, I do think the visualization of a lot of this stuff helps where you can kind of, Peter has some nice slides here where you can kind of see dif different choices and what things cover and some of the numbers. And so that is very helpful. So that's at the Caskin Flag on October 16th, uh, the Caskin Flag in Marshfield. Please register in advance because we do have a cap on the number of people we can take. So please visit McNamaraFinancial.com to register uh, should you want to attend. And Peter does always stay for uh, questions at the end. Um, okay, so we were just getting into um, the health insurance, the, the actual plan design or the, the, the different choices that people have and what they cover. Do you right. want to continue with that? We've I got do. about another 25 minutes. But, but um, before we uh, continue, I just want to say that I've been doing this a long time and it's the yep. first time anybody's ever used the word exciting oh, yeah. in describing <laughs> what I do. So that's, that's a nice switch. Yeah, well, we had a lot of callers. We had some great questions. It was, yeah. Very I was nice. entertained all morning. Really good. Yeah. So uh, the next thing that I wanted to talk about is the level of risk okay. that one incurs with the different options that are available under Medicare. So the first option that's available under Medicare with the highest amount of financial risk exposure is if somebody just takes Part A and Part B of Medicare. So I mentioned earlier that when somebody does that, they do have health insurance, but then they're exposed to all those potential deductibles yeah. and that those can uh, mount up. And they're also uh, responsible, most especially for the 20% of uh, medical charges. So that's why people typically want to try to cover that risk. Yeah. And they do it uh, either through a Medicare Advantage plan, part Medicare Part C, or a Medicare supplement plan. I'm going to talk about um, uh, Medicare Advantage plan first. So usually what I do is use uh, my wife and I as examples. Okay. And the reason that I do that is that I'm not, and I'm not using an example that somebody can complain about, except my wife may complain <laughs> about this anyhow. I doubt we'll it. We'll see. Um, but you know, when somebody is eligible for Medicare, they've got a target on their back. You know, everybody knows, when I say everybody, I mean all the plans out there know this person's turning 65. Really? Oh, yeah. And, of course, the federal government knows this person is right. turning 65 that as I well. That I assume, yeah. So what, the, what happens is that they get inundated with literature. Oh, and so that can be a good thing and a bad thing, I suppose. It, it, yeah. Well, yes. And the bad part is that it's overwhelming. Yeah. So you're inundated with all sorts of literature. And uh, my wife and I both turned 65 in 2012, okay. so seven years ago. And I remember, and she's about six months younger than I am, so she started to accumulate literature that would come into the house um, about 90 days before turning 65. And rather than giving it to her, I kept it. And when it got to be about four inches thick, I went up, she was sitting at her desk, and I put all the literature down and say, oh, by the way, here's the literature associated with Medicare. You need to make a plan selection. Wow, And yeah. I turned around and walked away. Yeah. Now, I got about three steps, and she said, wait a minute, you know, you're in this business. Yeah. <laughs> you expect me to go through all this stuff. How about if you just tell me what I should do? Yeah. Now, I will be married 45 years October 12th. Congratulations. Thank you. 
So I knew that if I told her what to do, I was going to get substantial pushback. Yeah. Whereas if I showed her what most people have to deal with when they're making a Medicare selection, that she would say, hey, you know, this is ridiculous. I'm busy. Yeah. I need to just tell me what I should do. Yeah. So at that point, I told her that she was an excellent candidate for a Medicare Advantage plan. So why was she an excellent and why does she remain an excellent candidate? So um, there's a couple of traits here. Uh, number one, she takes no prescriptions. Okay. Okay. So the, what does that mean? It means she doesn't have any chronic conditions. Okay. It means that she doesn't go to a specialist often. Okay. Uh, she doesn't access medical services a lot. Okay. Both of her parents live to be 95. So she's got some good genes. Yep. And so I feel that anybody who is young, and I defined young earlier as anybody you uh, younger than me. 65 to 75, I think you said? Yeah, is still young. Yep. And um, so I think anybody in that bracket who's, um, you know, doesn't use a lot of specialists, and that for me is the key, is the access to specialists. So okay. she doesn't need the specialists. She took a uh, an HMO, the first uh, health maintenance organization, for the first six years. Uh, our hospital is the Newton Wellesley Hospital. Okay. Uh, we both have the same primary care physician. She went to her primary care physician and it would cost about $25 for a copay. Okay. Reasonable. On the Medicare Advantage plan On you're talking Medicare about? On the Medicare Advantage plan. Yeah. It's very reasonable. Yeah. If uh, he were to refer her to a specialist, it was $40. Again, reasonable. very reasonable. Yeah. If you're going to a ton of specialists, maybe not so reasonable, but you know, two or three a year. Yeah. Not a big deal. Uh, under those types of plans, the highest co-payment is always for a hospitalization. So in her plan, it was about $300 a day okay. for a maximum of five days. So, so it's capped. So okay. it's capped yeah. $1,500. So, um, and the reason, and also there were some additional benefits. You know, somebody mentioned earlier, how about vision, how about dental? You have a little of both in her particular Medicare Advantage plan. Okay. Now, um, the interesting thing about that is that we switched her this past open enrollment from an HMO, Medicare Advantage plan, to a PPO with a different carrier, okay. Medicare Advantage plan. The uh, premium went to zero. Wow. Which is fabulous. Yeah. But that wasn't the reason we switched her. I mentioned earlier that medically, you know, she's doing great. Yeah. Dental is a different program. So she has a fair amount of dental work. Right? She's got good looking teeth, but you know, they takes a lot of work to keep them that way. Yeah. And this plan that we switched her to would give her up to a thousand dollar reimbursement every year for dental. I didn't know any plans covered dental. That's pretty rare, right? Well, it, it, Medicare Advantage plans typically do cover some dental. Okay. So as compared to a supplemental plan, that SUP plan you were talking about, is a Medicare Advantage plan, the coverage is a little bit skinnier, skimpier? Because uh, there are co-pays. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word skimpier. Okay. Uh, I think it's that word you, you okay. could, you could, uh, less you, robust. I, I wouldn't even say that. I would say that they're different. Okay. And I think that they're different in a, in a way that they give you more preventative coverage um, than, a, than a Medicare supplement plan would. Okay. Okay. So I think that they're terrific when they work. They have exercise programs oftentimes mm. built in. I mean, when they work, they're, they're a terrific vehicle. Okay. So then the question would be, okay, if they're so terrific, Peter, why didn't you take one? Okay. Because you have a I didn't. Okay. I took a, a SUP1 equivalent to Plan F because I wanted access to specialists. I wanted to be able to go to any specialist, primarily in Boston, if I had a, uh, um, a medical issue. Okay. Now, the reason for that is I had cancer when I was 55. Okay. So when I was 55, in my mind, I was no longer immortal, if you will. Yeah. So in my mind, I needed that access. Now, we could argue, did you really need it? Because I haven't used it since turning 65. I haven't been to specialists in Boston. 
But what I have had is the peace of mind of knowing yeah. Yeah. that if it hits the fan again, yeah. I can go to any specialist in Boston. I don't need to get a referral. In fact, I can go to any specialist in the country who takes Medicare. So I have access to all these doctors, whether I'll ever use it or not is another story, but I know that I can do it. And I can go to my doctor, no copay. I can go to the, any specialist, no copay. I've been to the hospital on a, on a not really an emergency basis, but I've used the emergency room. Uh, again, no copay. So although my wife's premium when she started out on that HMO mm-hmm. was $40 a month. It include prescriptions. Now, yeah. she doesn't take any prescriptions, but now she avoids the penalty by having it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So $40 a month is a great deal. Yeah, it is. And then this year it went down from $40 a month to zero, arguably even a better deal. Uh, whereas I'm paying somewhere around $200 a month. Tell me, tell me about one more time about the penalty for someone who does not carry a prescription plan. So the uh, penalty is 1% of the national average of the Part D premium, which boils down to about 40 cents per month. For every month that goes by that you don't that you take don't. a prescription plan. So if you don't plan. take it for a year. So if somebody doesn't take it, typically they don't take it for a full year. Yeah. Okay. So normally that's somewhere around $5 a year. Gets added to your premium when you do eventually take it? Yes. For the rest of your life. Indefinitely. Indefinitely. Okay. So it is $40 a month like the cheapest prescription plan that you can take? No. Okay. So there are 26 prescription plans, Part D plans in Massachusetts. Wow. Okay. They currently range in premium from a low of $14 a month. Yeah to a high of 127 and change. Okay. So that's a huge range. Huge, yeah. You know, and and we're kind of taught, you know, the most expensive is the best. And I wouldn't say that's true of Medicare Advantage plans. Well, it just depends on what you need. Absolutely. Yeah. So cost matters. Yeah. And if you don't need an expensive plan, for example, I have personally two relatively inexpensive generics. I take the cheapest plan on the market. And it works great for me. it's covered, okay. Now, yeah. will it work great for me next year? I don't know yet. I don't know yet because those plan designs haven't been released. How, how often are people, cha- during open enrollment, we've already established that there's this period of time, October 15th to December 7th, where people that are on Medicare can change their plans. Um, how often are... I'm assuming like one of the things that changes the most frequently is the list of prescriptions that are covered, right. the drugs that are covered. Right, so that's correct. Are, are, is that changing so frequently that people really are, are switching plans very often? Like it ha- so that changes annually. That changes for the first of the year. And people get to see those changes starting the 1st of October. Okay. And then they can make a determination, is this still the most appropriate plan for me? Oftentimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. But yeah. I will say that I've noticed over the years that as people age, they tend not to look at that. So what that means is that if you have a parent in their late 80s, the likelihood is that they're not looking at their prescriptions. In terms of what's covered under their plan? Uh, annually. Yeah, yeah. You know, they just kind of assume. And that's when somebody should intervene and encourage them to look. And does the, in the fall, does the insurance, I'm assuming the insurance company sends them the new booklet of this is what mm-hmm. your plan covers, this, these are the prescriptions that yep. are covered. Are the insurance companies helpful enough to know that this person is taking this drug and notify you that it will or will not be covered? Do wouldn't they go that, to that level? Wouldn't that be nice? Because they know yeah. what you're taking. Right, So they, they have the data. So but, yeah. they fulfilled yeah. their obligation yeah. when they send out the changes. Okay. All right, now, yeah. Now, what you're asking is, are they proactive? And, and you know, on the one hand, wouldn't that be nice? On the other hand, we're talking about millions of members. Yeah, and they don't want to lose, you know, they don't want people to drop their coverage either. So, yeah. I you know, and, and, and how, yeah. you know, for example, I'm not supposed to call people under Medicare because that could conceivably be construed as badgering people. So what I tell my okay. clients is, 
I can't I please, can't call you. Please call me next but year. But you can yeah. call me. Yeah. Or, or you can send me an email and say, you know, every October 4th or whatever, check my prescriptions, please. And I can put that in your file so that if anybody ever questions, uh, I can say, you know, this person has asked me to do it. Okay. Because you don't want the insurance companies to say, no, th- you can't sell my, you know, you can't place. Uh, what what I don't want is I don't want the federal government to say, they're the ones that regulate it. Okay. And the regulations right. can be difficult. Okay. Of course. Yeah. So, um, in any event, what what I want people to understand is the differences between a Medicare Advantage plan and a Medicare Supplement plan. Okay. Because they'll often use the phrase supplement when they're talking about an Advantage plan. And for somebody like me, that's confusing because they're very different. But for just general terms, it's like when we started the program, we were talking about the difference between Medicare and Medicaid. Yeah. Very, very different different. things. <laughs> yeah. So a supplement and a, an Advantage plan are very different. I'm hopeful that people get the fact that I pay about $200 more every month for my plan. And why is that worth it to me? Essentially, it comes down to one word. And that one word is access. So with my plan, it gives me access to any doctor in the country who takes Medicare. Okay. So when someone has a supplemental plan, they ha- they also have Medicare Part A and Part B. Yes. And a prescription plan. Yes. So they have actually four components to their healthcare coverage. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Or they should. They should. They have to. So any of these plans require that somebody has Part A of Medicare and Part B of Medicare, and they need to continue to pay their Part B premium to the federal government. Okay, does that apply to someone who has a Medicare Advantage plan as well? It does. So if someone has a Medicare Advantage plan, they also have Medicare Part A and Part B. That's right. And they have a premium for Part B, and they may or may not have a premium for their Advantage plan. That's correct. But they probably don't have a prescription plan because they might not need it. No, they do have a prescription oh, plan. I thought I had you, it down. It, yeah, you, right. you really did. I thought you, you said You kind of blew it at the very darn, end. Darn. Yeah, I you thought, had well, it. it's, you know, I've been yeah. here for an hour and 50 minutes, right, so tell me right. some stuff. But I thought you said some Medicare Advantage plans cover prescriptions. Some Medicare Advantage plans don't cover prescriptions. Oh, okay. And that's specifically Which because- Which means that some do. Most do. <laughs> oh, most, most do. do. Okay. Almost all of them do. So the ones that don't are for people who, usually veterans, yeah. who get their okay. prescriptions. They have creditable- coverage elsewhere okay. for their prescriptions with through the VA. Okay. So everyone has Medicare, everyone over 65 yeah. will have Medicare Part A, mm-hmm. Part B when they it, retire if they don't have coverage through an employer or a, or a uh, an employer, yep, or a, uh, another entity. Um, and they should also have an Advantage plan or a Supplement plan. Did I say that okay? You did. Okay. And if they have the supplement plan, they also have a Part D plan. Part D plan. Okay. To cover the prescriptions. Got it. Okay. Okay. All right. What else on that? We got about ten minutes. What else is in? I, I love how uh, I'm looking through uh, Peter's information here, and he marked s- certain slides as important. So we want to make sure we get to those in the next ten minutes. <laughs> so I see one on the next page that is labeled important. <laughs> oh. All right. Can we cover this in ten minutes? So we're talking about prescription drugs. Yes. So prescription drugs are. Um, Usually, so if somebody were to go to a uh, seminar, yeah. for example, given by one of the health plans, yeah, and they have a slide on the prescription drug coverage, I can virtually guarantee you they're going to have some sort of a graph. And uh, I used to see oversee some of these presentations. Um, I used to work for Tufts Health Plan. Okay. I also was the director of Medicare sales at Fallon Health Plan. Okay. So I've been responsible for these kinds of presentations in the past. And so I know virtually all of them have had some sort of a graph. And what I found is over the years, graphs are confusing for some people. You know, they'll look at a graph and they'll have no idea what you're trying to convey to them. Yeah. So what I tell people, because my goal is to simplify the process. So under uh, Part D, under the prescription drug plan covered by Medicare, there are four stages that are allowed by regulation from the government. Okay. The first stage is a deductible. So people know that a deductible is usually satisfied first. 
Yeah. So if I have a deductible and it's whatever, with uh, drug plans, the maximum drug deductible this year was $415. Oh. So because they're accustomed to seeing deductibles with their health plans through an employer, they assume, well, that $415 has to be paid first. Right. That's not the way it works with a Medicare oh. uh, Part D plan. Okay. So I'm, again, I'm gonna use myself as an example. I have a, a Part D plan, I already told you, it's the cheapest one on the market. It's got a $14 premium. It's also got a $415 deductible. One would think that I have to pay that first before I can get my prescriptions. The reality of it is, is that tier one and tier two drugs, primarily generics, do not trigger the deductible on my plan. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I don't pay that deductible right now. Now, last year, my, my doctor prescribed me a prescription for a rash. Mm -hmm. I went to CVS, and, you know, I use a brand name. That's not a, you know, they're the biggest one around. Yeah. But it just happened. I actually went there. I went to CVS. They wanted $400 for that tube of cream. Oh. And um, I didn't want to pay it because, to me, that's outrageous. It's just a rash. So I called my doctor. I found out that hydrochlorazone was the primary ingredient in the cream. I got the cream over the counter, hydrochlorazone, for less than $10. <laughs> it cleared up my rash in four days. Do you know what's funny? I had a very similar situation when my daughter had a skin rash about yeah. a year ago, and my husband went to CVS to pick up the prescription, and he came home and he was like, this was $75. Yeah. And I was like, really? I feel like we've never paid more than five, yeah. 10, 15 right. bucks. And I meant, I, I meant to, he had already picked it up. I meant to call the insurance company and just ask. Of course I never did, because right. whoever does that, right? right? right. So that's interesting. So yeah. I, what I should have done was call the doctor and look for something different. Or well, what I could have that, done. That could, I you, could have done, that. Could have done yeah, because yeah. we have to remember yeah. that physicians typically prescribe things without considering the cost. Okay, because they're prescribing what's best for your... What they think, what is, they best. think is best for right. whatever illness, yeah. So for me, you know, the hydrochlorazone cleared up the rash in four days. So what was that $400 pres dollar prescription going to do? Clear it up in three? Right, right, right. Oh, really quick. We've got like four or five minutes. So let's go to our, our last caller for the day. Eddie from Pembroke. Good morning. How are you? Good, good morning. We I am, I'm disabled. I have fought A and B. Okay. And I have... I pick up a supplement plan. All right. Which is Blue Blue Cross for two hundred dollars a month. Okay, uh, Eddie. Eddie, we're. I'm sorry, we're not going to talk brand names. Okay. Okay. All right. My supplement is two hundred. My okay. drug coverage is fifty-two. Okay. But when I, I use an Advair product, which is a, a breathing product, yep. Advair. Yep. Uh huh. I go to fill that, and they want to charge me four hundred and fifty dollars before I can fill it. Okay. Because it. it so is there any way I can break that down over the course? Or so, do I... so what that sounds like to me, Eddie, is that that's triggering the deductible. It just, is. Just like my, uh, my cream did. What, right. What I try to do is um, I look at alternative sources um, uh -huh. when I find something that triggers the deductible. One of those alternative yeah. sources is Canada. Okay. So send me an email and I'll see if I can help you with that. Okay. Okay. Right. So, Eddie, yeah. um, can I give out your email, Peter? Yes. Okay. So, first of all, Peter's website is stonermedicare.com, and okay. his email is P as in Peter, P yeah. Stoner at stonermedicare.com. And Stoner is S T O N E R. Very so good. For anyone that wants to get in touch with uh, Peter D. Stoner of Stoner and Company, P Stoner yeah. at stonermedicare.com. Or you can, I'm sure your email is on your website, stonermedicare.com. It is. Okay. All right, Eddie, I'm sorry to rush you, but we, we have like two more minutes. Anything else really quick? No, I, I turned in late and I just caught that end of it. And I'm like, hmm, let me see what's going on. Okay. <laughs> no worries. Please, please send Peter an email. Help. You're welcome. I will. Take, take Thank care. You. Tim, bye I, have bye. No, I have no idea what that cue was, Tim. Do your I have clock one is fast in there. Oh, okay. So I have a couple more minutes. Okay. 
Um, all right. But anyway, I, I don't want to forget. So um, I just want to, we have a few more minutes and maybe we'll have another minute to wrap something up, Peter. But um, my guest this morning has been Peter D. Stoner of Stoner & Company. Uh, very knowledgeable in the world of Medicare. He's a Medicare consultant with lots and lots of years of experience. Uh, if, if anyone has uh, questions for Peter, please go to his website, stonermedicare.com. You can also meet Peter in person at our, um, he's doing a speaking engagement for us on October 16th at 6 p.m. at the Caskin Flagon in Marshfield. And please, we ask that you please register for that in advance if you would like to attend and get your questions regarding Medicare answered. Um, you can register on our website, which is McNamaraFinancial.com. We are capped because of the size of the room. Um, no cost event, but we, we do take donations, um, cash donations for the Marshfield Food Pantry if anyone is inclined to do that. Um, all right, Peter. Anything else really quick be before we... So, so, the, so there's, two, uh, there's three other phases of the Part D coverage. Okay. So I'm not going to go into them because of the, the need for our time. Yeah. But the one thing I would like to mention about the prescription drug coverage is what scares people is the what's called the coverage gap. Yeah. And sometimes the, it's referred yeah. to as the donut hole. I was hole. just going to say the donut hole. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. As a, and what happens is that their co-payments all of a sudden spike when they've hit that. Yeah. And they've hit that when they've used up almost $4,000 worth of retail cost of prescriptions. Okay. That's not copays. Yeah. That's retail cost. Yeah. Retail cost can get you to $4,000 much quicker. Yeah. Yeah. And so there are strategies. I mentioned one to Eddie. Yeah. When he called, uh, anytime I do the analysis of somebody's prescriptions and I find a prescription with a retail cost of $150 or greater. I do look at Canadian website sources. For so, to receive the prescription? To get the prescription there. And that's perfectly legal and it's everything, huh? Perfectly legal and you can avoid uh, sometimes completely the deductible because wow. the Canadian sources don't have the deductible. That couldn't be legal for very long. And that's good, probably gonna change. No, 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 no? I, I think <laughs> you're gonna see more of that. Really? I think they're trying to open up uh, greater access to the coverage. Oh, from alternative sources okay. because of that deductible. And the donut hole can be crippling. Okay. Now, yeah, the, yeah. the good news about the donut hole is nationally, only about uh, a third of the people hit it, which means that two-thirds of the people don't. Okay. So uh, two-thirds of the people are being afraid of something that isn't going to impact them. Okay. But a third of the people, that's a large percentage of the population to that's get into that donut hole. Big, yeah. big percentage. And usually it's, uh, it, it's people who are older. That, that use more prescriptions yep. and more expensive prescriptions. And point is, there might be something that they can do about it to avoid those extensive costs. There might costs be something the they can do might about it. Might be something. Okay. Right. Uh, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You've been listening to McNamara on Money. You can find out more about us at McNamaraOnMoney.com or McNamaraFinancial.com. Thank you so much to our Medicare consultant, Peter D. Stoner, StonerMedicare.com, if you want to uh, read more about him or contact him. Thank you so much for uh, listening, everyone. Enjoy the beautiful weekend. Take care. Bye-bye.